6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Since 2009, since 2009, the fertility rate in all Canadian cities has fallen below the replacement rate. Without immigration, city populations will shrink and economic growth in those cities will slow. That's the conclusion of a recent study out of the University of Calgary. Robert Falconer is the author of the recent study. Robert is a researcher at the University of Calgary's School of Public Policy in the Social Policy and Health Research Division, specializing in immigration and refugee-related issues. Robert, thank you for being here this afternoon. Happy to be here. Uh, so off the top, Robert, maybe uh, kind of let us know which cities you looked at for this study and, and, and why those particular cities. Well, we looked at all major cities across um, across Canada that were uh, what are classified as census metropolitan areas. These are cities that are over 50,000 people or more. Um, we did highlight a few in the reports because otherwise they would get a little bit too busy in there. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the top end of the scale, uh, the city with uh, the highest number of children per woman is uh, it was Brantford, Ontario, about 1.7 children per woman. At the bottom of the scale is Victoria, BC, which is only actually under one child per woman now, uh, meaning that there are, there are uh, multiple individuals uh, or and couples uh, in Victoria who are you know, choosing to forego children entirely. Calgary sits roughly right in the middle, uh, about 1.5 um, children per woman. Um, as you mentioned up top, you know that we were looking at from 2009. In 2009, there was actually only one city in all of Canada uh, that actually was at replacement rate, meaning that you don't need any immigration to keep your population levels uh, where they're at because people are having enough children. Um, and that was Lethbridge, Alberta. But but since then, it's actually fallen down to about the national average. Okay, and the national average is what? 1.4 children per woman. Per woman. Okay. And what do we have to hit if we want to kind of maintain the population? Just a little over two. So about 2.1 is, is technically what we call maintenance because unfortunately some children do pass away before adulthood and before they can have children of their own. So, but, but roughly give or take, if, if every uh, couple or, or woman out there has uh, two children, that's theoretically enough to, to maintain our population levels as they are without, uh, without immigration from outside. Okay, and immigration, uh, it, 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 how does immigration fill the population gap? Is it just a numbers game or...? That, that really is what it is. Um, yeah. There there are other policies that we can do to, to encourage people to have children or or at least make it not so much encourage people to have children, but more along the lines of if somebody wants to have a certain number of children, we make it easier for them to do that. Those are things like child benefits, uh, maternity leave, et cetera. But those only have very limited effects. So immigration is really where we get the numbers game from. Okay, okay. And, and so which, I guess, which level of government then would have the biggest impact on uh, maintaining the population of a metropolitan area? At the, at the national level, that would be the federal government. The federal government okay. actually chooses immigration targets for years, but there are things cities can do to make their city more attractive than others. Um, you know, what, what can make Calgary more, more attractive than Vancouver, for example? Okay, so, so the policies you're getting at here, though, regarding immigration and attracting people to these cities, why is that? Is that, like, is there, what I'm saying at is, is if somebody simply lands, say, in Toronto and, you know, emigrates to our country via Toronto, uh, but they can also move somewhere else, can they not? But that's exactly the case. Um, you know, this is in some ways a competition between cities across Canada. Uh, Calgary may want to uh, steal, as it were, or to attract uh, immigrants from, from uh, Toronto to come here to Calgary. Or they, you know, when a when an immigrant, let's say in India, Nigeria, or China, or wherever they may be coming from, is looking at where do I want to live in Canada? There, there are things that um, 
uh, all things else being equal, that might attract them to Calgary versus Edmonton or, or Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah. So, so what? So what? Which policies will make um, you know cities, metropolitan areas more attractive than others? Well, there's a number. I think the big one is the cost of housing, and we, and so we are actually seeing that have an effect. While Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto are remain the, the kings of immigration, as it were, the, the ones who attract the most immigrants just in raw numbers, um, the prairies are actually some of the are actually the fastest regions. Uh, growing in all of Canada. And I think a large part of that has to do with that we have much more space to build new housing, which makes it a bit more affordable for people. So when cities are looking at, when we talk about policy, I, I would certainly say zoning and land use actually have a much larger impact than we might realize on, on drawing immigrants to, to Calgary. Uh, how, what type of housing do we allow to allow certainly plays a big part. And also, I would say, what what kind of reception waits for them here? We have these really fantastic uh, local agencies. I highlighted one in the report, Calgary Catholic Immigration Society, that when new immigrants or refugees arrive to Calgary, they sort of take them by the hand and, and uh, get them familiar with the Calgary area, both socially as well as where to find work. Yeah, and these agencies are directly connected to civic governments, right? Municipal governments. Well, yes and no. Um, they're usually, oh. they're, they receive some federal provincial funding. Uh, there is no necessarily official relationship between between these agencies and, and the municipal government. Although there are there are conveners, there's a Calgary Local Immigration Partnership. Um, but no, they, whatever coordination does occur between these agencies and municipal government has to really be on, on part of one or the other. And, and some cities certainly work with them better than others. I think Calgary is a really good opportunity to, to maybe coordinate a little bit better with these agencies. Yeah. Okay. So, Robert, um, uh, populations are going down and trending down because uh, there's simply not enough babies being born locally. So immigration is obviously uh, key for economic activity and, and maintaining growth and that type of thing. Um, is, is that the big takeaway from this study or are there are there other things that uh, may be factoring in here? I think that that really is the big takeaway. But that, that said, I think that the, the thing we have to realize is that um, if we want to grow as a country, if we want to grow as a city, uh, we can neither do that, manage that poorly, or we can do that really, really well. Uh, I, I would say, um, despite the numbers game, you know, numbers in, let's say Vancouver be much much better. I would say Vancouver as a whole, for example, hasn't done as well uh, as they might have. This is if you look at a, a, map, a zoning map of Vancouver, you have something like 30% of the city's residents live in 80% of the area, meaning it's very very difficult to get new housing built there, which you know gets the classic Vancouver case. It makes it very expensive. Um, Calgary, by contrast, you know, homes are much more more cheaper here. And I think if we want to continue being that attractive place for immigrants, we need to consider um, how we build housing in the future, and, and also again, who we are, are we partnering for. A good a good example that's really really quick is we Calgary is one of the main hubs for the Afghan resettlement. You know, airlifting Afghans from uh, from overseas to get resettled here in Canada after the recent fall of Kabul. And if a city government really wants to know where are these Afghans going to live, they should go to their local immigration partnership, and they you know that can inform everything from where do you put affordable housing to how do you get these these new Afghans integrated into the Calgary landscape? Yeah. Robert, who knew zoning bylaws and laws were so important, you know, when it comes to the overall economy? Absolutely. I, I could go on about this, but I won't for now. But uh, <laughs> it is a very interesting topic by itself. It is indeed. It is indeed. Thanks for your time this afternoon, Robert. I appreciate this.
Thank you for having me. Have a good evening. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, that's Robert Falconer, uh, author of the recent study, uh, also a researcher at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy. Uh, Robert focuses in the Social Policy and Health Research Division, uh, specializing in immigration and refugee-related issues, and obviously is, is very passionate uh, about uh, the research he does in how civic policies, municipal policies, policies like something we kind of take for granted, zoning rules and bylaws, can have a big, big impact on the overall economy.